Mayday, Mayday, Mayday. Helicopter, Tango Echo, Foxtrot. Location East Greenland. <laughs> Going down. Welcome to Polar Podcasts, where you'll hear stories from geologists who've spent their careers, their lives, exploring and studying the remarkable and remote geology of Greenland. Why did they become fascinated with Greenland? What were the problems and the discoveries that drove them? And what was it like working in these remote places where few people venture, even now? I'm Julie Holtz. In this episode, we hear from Kent Brooks, Emeritus Professor at the Geological Museum in Copenhagen, about a very close call while working for a mineral exploration company in East Greenland in the early 1970s. Well, uh, it was when I was with Nordic, Nordic, Northern Mining Company, Nordic Minas Helskaber, and uh, it was the end of the season. And I don't quite remember most of the other prospectors, they went back. They went back on the ship, I think. But uh, me and this guy, Schatzelmeyer, we decided we were going to, we were going to fly with a, a helicopter down to, down to Masalik, down to Kulusuk, to get the plane from there. And that was fair enough, because the, the helicopter was flying south anyhow, it was flying to Nassauswag. And so it would be no problem, we'd take the two, two passengers with us and drop us at Kulusuk. But uh, what we hadn't, what we hadn't uh, bargained for was uh, malfunctioned. Mm. And uh, we flew south from, a mass, from uh, Aputitek and we were over the little island of Patutaraivi, uh, south of there. And uh, the, pilot, the pilot told us that uh, they had a serious problem with rising, rising temperatures in the gearbox. And he'd have to, uh, he'd have to shut, shut off the engine before too long if the temperatures kept rising. And that's in fact what happened. And we, uh, he turned round and we're flying back to a Pudetek and he said, we better, we better get some airspace in case something goes wrong. So we were climbing, 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 4,000, 5,000, 6,000, 7,000 feet. Uh, and then he said, I, I, I just I have to turn off the engine. He said, otherwise if we, the temperature goes up any further, it'll just seize up on us. And so this time he was, we turned to, to shut, shut, shut everything down. We went into auto rotation. Auto rotation is when the helicopter flies with no engine. It's still possible to fly a helicopter without the engine because the descent forces air through the rotor blades, causing them to rotate, which in turn slows the speed of descent so that the helicopter effectively glides down. And he was he was struggling with the, the cyclic, because uh, of course when you when you shut off the engine you lose you lose uh, lose power control. It was power, power on the, on the controls, and they actually worked by muscle power. The cyclic is the stick that the pilot uses to control the direction of travel of the helicopter, left, right, forward and back, by controlling the rotational plane of the rotor blades. And I was, I was, brought, I was on the radio sending out, sending out an SOS, Mayday, 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 helicopter, Tango Echo, Foxtrot, Location East Greenland, <laughs> going down. <laughs> uh, and now we're over the ocean, 
It's not a good idea to be over the ocean when you're in a helicopter. But uh, we managed, because we got, got up so high, and we managed to, managed to glide in on the auto rotation to a little island called Deception Island. And uh, we landed on that, quite a hard landing actually. I mean, we, we landed on a, on a snow, a snow bank, hit, hit the snow or the ice and bounced up in the air two or three times. And then of course we were on some remote island and uh, we had to be rescued. And we couldn't expect anybody to come for us immediately, so we had to overnight there. And for some reason we had no... Uh, the helicopter was supposed to have emergency equipment on board. It was supposed to have an emergency tent, but it turned out it was missing. And so uh, I remember sitting out on the, on the rocks there without a sleeping bag or tent or anything all night and freezing, freezing to death. It was terribly cold and the pilot didn't do any better. He was in, inside the helicopter. It wasn't any warmer in there, I don't think. And then they came, they came from a put attack. He was in the station cutter. And that was about, uh, I suppose, about uh, four or five hours sailing away. But the trouble was we were on top of this island and it turned out that uh, the island sort of was convex. And uh, you'd be at the top of a slope and you'd go down the slope to get to the sea. And the slope would get steeper and steeper. You go down, and then suddenly you'd find yourself on, on the top of some cliffs and you couldn't get to the beach anyhow. So we had to then climb up to the top again and try somewhere else. And we really had no idea where, where, where you could get. In the end, we found a gully where you'd get down onto a beach. Anyhow, the long and short of all this was that uh, the, 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 the boat came from a foot attack with the uh, mechanic on board. And they decided they would fly the chopper back to a Putatek, the pilot and the mechanic. And they would fly in stages. If the temp when the temperature started to rise, they would stop and let it cool off for a while. But they wouldn't take any. They said it wasn't, wasn't permissible to take any passengers under these conditions, and we'd have to go back on the boat. I remember stopping at this small, small islands, the scariest we call them, and uh, we uh, stopped there to. And, went ashore and we're going to brew up some coffee. And Schatzelmeyer uh, was going from the boat onto the rocks and he was carrying the bag of sugar. And uh, he somehow tripped and went into the water and lost the sugar. And he came out like a drowned rat. And uh, we had a, a, a Danish guy called Otto who was Ma massive and imper completely impervious to the cold. He, he, in fact, he lived on a Pudatek for years on end. He was quite used to the cold. He went, ar went around like he was freezing in a T-shirt. And uh, Shuttlebyer was uh, shaking, shaking with the cold that he came out. And Otto said to him, but Shuttlebyer, you've, uh, you've, you've lost the sugar. What are we going to do? We've got no sugar. And we looked down, we could see in the clear water, we could see two or three metres down the ledge with the sugar bag on it. And you could see some uh, sort of currents going from the sugar the sugar bag where the sugar was dissolving the seawater. And he said, you've got to go down there, Shatzelmeyer, and get our sugar. We can't drink coffee without sugar. <laughs> so Shatzelmeyer got down, down and picked it up. I was really surprised he didn't succumb to hypothermia. I think we got him wrapped up and put into a sleeping bag after that. <laughs> <laughs> That's the sort of fun we had. I'm Julie Hollis, and you've been listening to Polar Podcasts.
In the next episode, we hear more from Bjorn Thomason about his one-man expedition exploring for copper and lead mineralization for the Nordic Mining Company in 1973.